In today's episode, we have Ryan Smith with us, and he is going to talk about how he was able to build a very successful business in a very small niche within a niche. You will also get to hear how he was able to survey his audience to find out exactly what offer he should create for them, his philosophy on reaching bigger audiences with a one-to-many marketing strategy, and the way that he gets more people enrolled into his programs with virtual training sessions for other companies. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the Online Course Igniter podcast, where you'll hear from successful course creators and how they were able to turn their passion into a thriving online business empire. Thanks for checking out the show today. We have Ryan Smith from Launcher Farm, who has a very interesting take on the real estate niche and uh, is doing some really cool things as far as marketing goes and getting people into his program. And I think this is going to be a really cool episode. And I've got a lot of questions for you. So uh, how's it going today, Ryan? I'm super excited to be here and thank you for having me on. And yeah, this is going to be great. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Uh, we were talking a little bit beforehand, and I'm really excited to dive into some of these strategies that you've been using because no one's talked about this particularly on the podcast so far. Um, but I always like to start at the beginning and kind of hear people's backstories and how they got into you know the business or online courses or these programs. So, what were you doing before this, and then how did you transition into this type of business? Yeah. So I'm in real estate coming up to 13 years now. And when I got into the business, for me, it was always something that was kind of my vehicle to get me to where I wanted. And I knew it was never, it wasn't going to be my forever career. And I, I love the industry. And, but I knew that the day to day operations of real estate itself was not where I could see myself. So I always wanted to find out where it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be teaching and training or consulting. So over the last number of years, I, I dabbled in different things. I was a productivity coach in my office. I did some consulting on the side. Uh, about six years ago, I had a podcast called The Niche Agent, where I interviewed real estate agents about unique niches. And I never really monetized that. But my intention was to get into course creation and get into to kind of really what I'm doing now. But I was trying to figure out really what was the best avenue. And then for me, I was in a relationship and I was about to launch, started the relationship. I put it on hold and then I jumped into the relationship rather than jumping into the, the coaching and training side of things. And then uh, that ended a few years ago. And then I was like, all right, this is the time I've been, I've been waiting too long and I really need to do this. So I decided to, to jump in and I've been now doing this for less than a year. I really launched in July. I kind of got the planting the seeds at the beginning of last year, just before COVID hit. Uh, but then I really, really launched in, in July. And yeah, now I'm here. Awesome. Very cool. And the name of your business is Launcher Farm and you're in the real estate realm. Um, so could you briefly explain your your business, your niche and what it is that you actually teach? Yeah, sure. So for people outside of the real estate world, when they hear Launcher Farm, they think, farming plants and, and animals, old McDonald, whatever, even my own <laughs> friends and family, when they saw stuff on, on Facebook, they like, you live in a condo. I didn't know you were into farming. So in, <laughs> in our industry, basically geographic farming is what I specialize in. And what that is, it's a, a basically a play on words and that it's, you're focusing on an audience in, in my case, geographic audience where you have a smaller demographic rather than trying to be all things to all people. We have a smaller audience and we then focus our time and attention and resources on them. And we put our love and we put our marketing into them and we put all our resources into that area and we become the go-to specialist in the area. 
So I did that myself about six or seven years ago. I really focused on a geographic farm. I, I had a business partner at the time and we did really well and we took off really quickly. And when I started that, my intention was to really kind of package what I was doing and, and kind of systematize what I was doing and then turn it into my course. So it, it evolved from that real world life experience of what I was doing to then turn it into training agents. So now I teach agents how to do that. So how to become the, the hyper local specialist and become that go-to person in the community so they can get a lot more business and be a lot more effective in what they do. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. I like that a lot. And um, it's kind of like a niche within a niche. And I think it's a, a really cool idea. When you're talking about a specialized area or a smaller area, how small are you talking? Are, are you talking like on a city basis or a town basis or even smaller than that? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of opportunities within any of those ranges. Uh, generally speaking, with a geographic farm, you're looking at like a neighborhood. Uh, some people may farm like a apartment building or a certain part of town. And one of the things that I teach is not to go too big. It's better to go small, find the right audience, get your marketing figured out. So generally speaking, you're looking at like 500 to 2,000 homes. And then a lot of times agents who have been really successful with it, they scale up. So they start small, figure out their systems and the tools, and then they become that neighborhood specialist. And then they may take over the neighborhood next to them or another area in town. And then they be, basically use that systems that they're developing to kind of keep growing. Yeah, this is really cool. So it reminds me of actually making um, niche websites online. So something that I do on the side that I think is kind of fun is I make these little niche websites. And if you've ever tried to create a website before, it's really hard to break into Google's search rankings. And so uh, say you wanted to teach you know, dog training, you don't want to go out and just teach dog training because there's a million people doing that. You want to yep. focus in on like, you know, chihuahuas or bulldogs. Yeah. And then then you can grow as you build that authority. It sounds like you're doing something very similar in the real estate niche. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I do. Yeah, yeah that's really cool. I've, I haven't heard of that before. Again, I probably don't know a whole lot about real estate anyways, but <laughs> it sounds definitely like a cool business strategy. So you, um, you're doing these trainings and, and then you realize that maybe this is some information that you can start teaching others. So what was kind of the early process of that like? You said you kind of already had an idea that you wanted to get into online courses. So what were some of the first steps that you did? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So for me, I've done all kinds of marketing and training and all kinds of things. And I went back to really the core fundamentals and figured out what I want to do, but then really what does the audience need? So when I first got started, I had an idea of where I wanted to go, generally speaking, but the specifics I didn't have figured out. So I did a survey and I sent it out to a bunch of agents that I knew. So I'd send it out to uh, 400 agents that I had, had connections with. And I used that as my seed, basically my, my program to kind of get it launched and get going. So I, I did a survey of what people, what people's experience were like with geographic farming, what were their expectations, what's stopping them from doing it, how much would they spend, what strategies would they like to do, what strategies have they tried. And I basically did this long survey and pulled on the heartstrings of people that I knew and just said, hey, can you do me a favor? I'm, I'm creating this program. So what happened was I took that, then I went back, dissected it and said, okay, where are the gaps? Where are the trends that I see that agents have had problems, where they had struggles with, where, where are the things that they need help with and that I can help create programs around that? So for me, there was kind of three main things that I saw that came out of that survey was one was they needed accountability. So a lot of people said the reason why they didn't succeed was they weren't accountable and they didn't have a, a plan. The next one is they needed an actual system to keep holding them to, to doing it. And then the other one was they needed content and they didn't know what to do and how to do it. So then I worked backwards and said, okay, well, I'm going to 
make my programs based on that? How can I put accountability into it? How can I give them a plan? And then how can I help them with the content and help them with the marketing? And that's kind of where I started from. So I, I got that figured out. And then once I had that, then I knew I needed to build an audience. And for me, I, I forget who I learned it from a number of years ago. They said, when you're getting into sales, there's two ways of doing it. One is you build an audience and then sell them something, or you build something and then find an audience to sell it to. So for me, I have always been on the side of I'd rather build an audience first and then sell them something. So once I knew what I wanted, I knew what the plan was, then I worked on building my audience. So that's when I launched my show last year. So I have an, an online show called Launch Your Farm, where I, I interview other real estate agents who do geographic farming. And I also interview other professionals kind of within the industry that would help with that. So I started my show, built my audience, and then I started selling stuff to them later in the fall. So once I had a following, I built up the credibility, I built up the trust, and then I was able to then release my programs to them based on the information that I got from those surveys. Awesome. I love that. Uh, surveys are super powerful. I've been using them for a long time, um, but going through my own coaching program, who, who my coach taught me how to fine tune the, the surveys, mm -hmm. and they can be just so powerful because, as you said, the people are giving you the exact information um, that you need to go create the the course, the marketing, the messaging. And uh, if anyone hasn't done that yet, I implore you to go out and survey your audience and kind of get an idea of what they're saying. So, I know a big buzzword right now in the industry, the marketing and course online space is creating a beta group or a beta program. Anyone who's not familiar with that is uh, getting your audience into the course and kind of building it with them before you do you know, version one and, and launching it. Is that something that you did or did you just create the course and push it out? So I, I have three products that I've created and I, I'll, I'll kind of break down the the in order that I created them and then explain kind of what I did. So I had a good friend of mine who runs a software program and a marketing program for real estate agents. And I had lunch with him and he told me I needed to get off my butt and start something. And I've always been a bit of a perfectionist at times and I've hesitated doing stuff. And he put me in the direction of reading The Lean Startup. And if you've ever read the book, but it's mm -hmm. a fantastic book and it talks about creating a minimum viable product. So he said, just get out there and create something. So what I did was I took the, the details from the, the survey and I just created a very simple course, still good information, lots of good content, but I just got it out there. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. It was just decent. Out. And then, I, so I sent that as a thank you to everyone who did my survey. So I got them to go through that and they were kind of my beta testers for that course. And then as a thank you for that, I, or as a requirement, if you will, was I asked them to give me feedback on that. So those people that did the survey and showed interest in it, I got them to really go back, rip it apart, tell me what they needed to change, what would they like to see in it and how I can make it better. So then I did version two of that, which was then my official launch of that. I got that out there and I uh, built that. And then I launched a, what I call it my boot camp. It's an eight-week program that I created, and originally it was 10 weeks, and then through my beta group, I pared it down. So I got out this program, and I got uh, 12 agents that I knew to go through this program, which I normally charge $500 for. They got it for free, but all I asked is that they rip it apart, tell me what they think, give me honest feedback, and then they would provide me testimonials and give me good feedback on it. So that group, I literally hadn't even created the program. I had the layout. All I told them was, here's the topics we're going to go over, and I was literally creating it on the fly as I went through. And I told them that I said, listen, it's going to be crude. It's not going to be perfect. That's why you guys are getting it for free and not charging me that money. So I got it launched and got great feedback. I then launched version one of that, got out there, started selling it. And then each time I've done it, I just keep adding, keep taking feedback from, from the sessions and then just keep tweaking it and growing it. 
And then I created a 30 day launch program, which is uh, 30 videos over 30 days. And I basically that was a bit of the accountability program. And it, it was based off of what was missing between those two programs. So I kind of filled the gap in between. Yeah, I, I absolutely love this. Um, when I started my online course creation journey uh, about seven or eight years ago, I was just creating products and then trying to find the audience. I was doing it completely backwards. Um, and now that I've grown and I've learned, this has become my favorite way of creating products, uh, info products. Even if you're creating a physical product, you can do yep. the same philosophy is you know surveying your audience, find out what they want, and then get some beta people to come in and go through the program, fine tune it, see what they're saying, and make it a better program because then when you do that, you are making the perfect product for your audience. When you go sell that, when you launch it and you start you know, promoting it or running ads to it, it's a guaranteed success because you've had actual people go through it and tell you exactly what they want, right? Exactly. And you've got the testimonials built into it and you've got the feedback and then you know generally, is this something people want or not? And a lot of people come up with ideas and I've seen it in my own experience where people have this amazing idea in their head and the world doesn't really want it or the world doesn't want it in that version or that form or in that way that they're doing it. And it's like, if you need to take some feedback, but on the flip side, I've had people say, well, I, I would change this or I'd add this. And there's still, you have to keep some consistency with it and may not just, just because someone says to add this one thing and just because one person brings it up doesn't mean you should <laughs> build in everything just because someone says it. Yeah, that, that that's also a great point. You know, don't don't change everything around just because everyone's saying to. So that's really cool. So yeah, I would like to hear. Um, you did mention that that thirty day sequence that you have. Um, can you expand a little bit more on that? Yeah. So for me, that when I created that, that was kind of the the gap filler for me. That beginning course that I created was kind of an entry level to understanding what geographic farming was about. And then my boot camp was more an advanced course for people who actually have a farm. By creating it, I knew there was an in between, which is how do I actually get my farm launched? So I created it. It's called the thirty day launch. And one of the big feedbacks I took was that people wanted accountability and a plan. So what I did was I created a thirty day launch program. So it's literally 30 days, 30 videos. It's about 12 hours worth of video. And each day there's one video gets released one video at a time or per day. And then there's the video and then homework and then video and homework. So it's, I broke it down. I took kind of all the strategies that someone would need to get started. And then I kind of clumped it together under categories. So the first eight days is doing the research and choosing your farm. Then I went into the marketing and then I went into the value ads and how do you create value. And then I did administrative type stuff. And then I created this 30 day launch program. So it's one of my best selling programs. It's 200 bucks. And it's system where people can jump in and they just have to do it and they kind of follow through along and they don't get to go ahead or work ahead because they have to wait till the video is released so it kind of kind of helps keep them accountable and then they take this homework do it each day and then by the end of that 30 days they're up and running yeah that, that's awesome that's really cool i like that and then when they finish that 30 days are you then sending them into the next phase which i guess would yes. be the boot camp yeah, exactly. And then at the end of that course, there's a promotion, a discount. If they want, they can move into taking the, the next uh, boot camp. And I run those every two months. So then depending on where they are, when they finish it, they'll be able to join in and, and join the next one if they want to. I love this. So you've you've created um, what you know Russell Brunson would call a value ladder, where you're yes. you're walking okay. people through the steps of what they need. So if you're a beginner, you start here, and then you move to this next phase, which is your 30 day uh, challenge, and then you move them into the boot camp, and then maybe you can keep you know moving them up the ladder, maybe into coaching or client work or something like that. Yep. And I based a lot of that on that. I, I love Russell Brunson and I love his stuff. Um, so that's kind of when I went through and realized that's I needed to have those different price points and different value levels. And then also not just value levels, but also flow. So 
going back from that beginning, okay, what do they do now? Now it's this next thing. Now you want to launch it. Now you want to get into the next level and kind of take them through that process and then have enough programs that people can choose, but not too many programs where people are going, what should I take? What should I do? So try to make it as clear as possible saying step one, step two, step three, here's the way to kind of get you there. So have you started writing your free book yet? (laughs) I actually have. (laughs) I have. Nice. Uh, Based on that, and that was one of the big eye-openers for me. And one of the things he talks about is you have to draw a line in the sand and and be polarizing. And so what I've I've called my book, or calling my book, is I haven't finalized the names, but it's uh, the Farm Manifesto. So it's 25 beliefs that I believe that are basically about farming. And some of them are contradictory to what other agents have taught or have learned. And it's very cut and dry saying, this is what I believe. This is where I think future of farming is. So I've got kind of 25 points of really where I see farming and kind of Jerry Maguire-esque where it's waiting till three in the morning, writing up all night, kind of getting my ideas out there. And I basically did that. Now I'm turning that into a book. Are you struggling to create your first online course? Do you have an idea for a course topic, but don't know how to get started? It can be hard trying to figure out everything that goes into course creation. How do you outline your course? How do you set up the technology to create the content? How do you publish it so that you can begin helping others and making money immediately? We know it can be difficult for first-time course creators. That is why we have designed the Start Your First Course Challenge. Our goal is to help you get that online course published within a couple of weeks. That means that you can get your digital product to market without wasting a bunch of time. We will show you how with the easiest methods possible that we have learned and crafted over the years. You'll learn how to choose a topic, outline your course, script what you want to say, and then record the material. After that, you'll discover how to set up the platform and publish it all with a simple system that's guaranteed to get you results fast. Beat your procrastination by taking action today. Go to startyourfirstcourse.com now to sign up. That's startyourfirstcourse.com. See you in the challenge. So let's move over into some of the traffic strategies and, and talk a little bit about that. Earlier, you mentioned that you had a, a podcast. Um, what, what kind of podcast is that? I think you mentioned that you have some people come on and do an interview, but can you talk a little bit more about your podcast? Yeah. So the show is a, a video show. It's a video podcast that I do and it's interview based. So it's myself and another agent or myself and another professional within the industry. So I interview agents who have done geographic farming with different unique twists. So I've got agents who do really are community heavy. Some people are doing volunteering. Some people are doing online ads. Some people are using video. Some people are using social media and all the different things that you can do. And a lot of things that I teach and I basically interview them, kind of take best practices. What are they doing? How are they doing that? And part of the reason why I did that was not just to build an audience, but it was also to help build my credibility. And not that I'm not credible in what I do, but one of the things I've learned through my life is that one of the best ways to grow your credibility is through other people's credibility. Perfect example of that is uh, Oprah Winfrey or Larry King. By interviewing other people and having other professionals in there, that escalates your credibility. So by having these uh, people who have done it as well and have had succeeded, it now builds me as the go-to person. Now in the social media channels and then real estate groups, people are saying, oh, Ryan's the, Ryan's the farm master. He's amazing. He's incredible. And it's, it is, what I'm doing is awesome, but it's built and backed by the other people that I'm interviewing. So I do the interviews. I provide a ton of value and that's basically my free resource. I always send people back to that. If people are reaching out and they're on the fence, I say, Hey, go back and check out episode three, go back and check out 20 episode 27. That might be a good fit for you. So it gives me a way to build trust with people, 
They know what I'm talking about. They know that I can deliver on the content and it gives me something to, to use in my marketing as well. Yeah, I, I, I love it. Obviously, I have a podcast and I agree with everything you say. I find podcasts do three things for the host particularly. One, I get to share other people's knowledge. So you're on here talking about different strategies that I've never used before. And so we get to share that knowledge to the credibility. Like you said, if I have you and other experts in the field, I get Russell Brunson or Gary Vaynerchuk or someone like that to come on. It's going to help elevate my podcast, right? Uh, and then the third thing is you just build some really great relationships. Yes. Um, Everyone is afraid of competition, and and I have more of an abundance mindset instead of a scarcity mindset. And even if I have other people teaching course creation, I love having those people come on because we built a connection. I've met some great people where um, I've been in their Facebook groups doing training. They've come in my Facebook group doing training, and, and podcasting. I think is such a cool way to go about that. I'm going to add a fourth one if I can. Yeah, <laughs> one definitely. Of the things that I find as a value is I call it the one to many approach is by having an audience, you get in front of their audience and they're going to share it. And I, I use this in my training all the time. And I talk about if I go put an ad in the paper or run a Facebook ad for my business, I don't go tell my friends and family like, oh, mom, look, I, I ran a Facebook ad today. <laughs> but if I get featured on something and I get to be a guest speaker on something or I get interviewed by someone, I'm going to go share that with my friends and family. So it's going to open up the doors to a whole different network that you never would have had. So by having me on, I'm going to be proud that I'm on your podcast. And when it comes out, I'm going to go share it with my audience. It's going to expose it to other people and it's just going to help amplify your reach. And I think that's a super valuable reason why I think doing interviews are so important. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I love that. And that's a great philosophy too. And I totally agree with it. So um, this podcast, you said it's a video podcast. So where are you distributing it? Are you doing it in a Facebook group, on YouTube? Are you using um, Spotify and Apple Podcasts? What does that look like? So this time around, I didn't do an actual podcast itself through the normal distribution channels. I did that with my old podcast. I changed it because there's a lot of real estate podcasts out there already. In my opinion, it's it's I don't connect as well with with a podcast itself from from my audience, and so I, I do video specifically and video only. So I do it on YouTube, uh, Facebook. I have a Facebook page, Instagram, uh, and then I put it on other different social media channels. And I'm part of like some groups for real estate things like that. And I share it there, and just any channels I can get out and get it to as many places as possible. And then it's hosted on my site, so then I try to drive all the traffic back to my site as well. Very good. And are these live podcasts that you're doing or are they pre-recorded and then you just upload them to those platforms? Yeah, they're pre-recorded. I, I don't like live for a couple of reasons. It's scheduling is a nightmare and then someone backs out or someone forgets or technical difficulties and things like that. And so I like to do pre-recorded and then you can kind of lay it out. And it's also nice to batch record as well. So then you can get your time back too. Oh, I, I know the batch recording. I've been doing it all week. I'm I'm a little exhausted, but I'm excited because I have the next three months worth of podcast episodes ready to go. And uh, once I get them edited, transcribed, and up on the website, I can take the foot off that you know gas pedal and and focus on more important aspects of the business. Well, not more important, but you know other aspects of the business that I really need to be focusing on. That's not transcribing a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, cool. So before we got on the call, you we were doing a little bit of talking and you mentioned that you were also doing some um, virtual training sessions. So if you could just tell us a little bit about these uh, virtual training sessions that you've been doing. Yeah. So that's been my main source of business and how I've gotten it for, next to the show. This is my other way of, of getting a lot of my clients. So 
again, going back to that philosophy of one to many, I like to look at things of how can I get in front of other people or multiple people at once rather than trying to sell myself one at a time. So when I started developing this, I thought, well, how can I get in front of more people? So there's a few options in our, in our list. And going back to Russell Brunson, his dream 100, who can I connect with that can connect with more people? So in, in our industry, we have a lot of Facebook groups. So there's like really impactful and really powerful Facebook groups. So there's one group that I spoke for that has 125,000 members in their group. I get to another session for a group that has 22,000. I'm about to do another one in a few weeks that has 37,000. So I wanted to get in front of their audience. So that's why I started creating these training sessions. And then I opened it up to, we have real estate boards. So in people don't know how real estate works. We have in your each region, kind of each area has its own real estate board. So it may be a city area or maybe like your counties or your regions and things like that. And you have a real estate board that oversees that. So I've been approaching real estate boards and offering training for them. I get paid for it. So I charge $250 for the one hour session. So I'm getting paid to now speak. And I tell them it's not a big sales pitch. It's educational based. It's actually meant to teach people stuff. And it's not just a big sales pitch webinar. And then at the end, I just say, Hey, if you like that, you want more information or would like to join, here's a discount code and you can register that, that way. And then I also go after real estate offices. So I target real estate offices. I've been doing a lot of training for real estate offices and some of the offices I have of 1200 people in the office and I get a fair amount of people showing up, obviously not all 1200, but I get a few hundred people sometimes on these sessions. So I'm exposing my message to audience quickly and to a larger audience. And it's done in a format that I can control and I can do it one type of one. So I've got three different webinars that I do. I've created a bunch of them over the last year. And then I kind of taken my testing, seen what's worked, what, what people really liked. And I've narrowed it down to three different sessions. Again, each of those sessions kind of cover different things. So now I've created a, a, a website specifically for that, that I send out to the boards and set up to the brokerages with all the information, the FAQs, the links to the information. Here's what they're going to get. Here's the value that's going to bring to the, to your audience. And now I just reach out to them and say, hey, who's responsible for your training in your, your office or your board? They let me know. And I say, hey, I'm doing some training. I'd like to offer it to your office or to your board. Here's the information. And then people say, okay, sounds good. And then they sign up, book it. Now I get to speak in front of their audience and build my audience that way. So it's been very powerful, very effective. And yeah, it's made me a decent amount of money. <laughs> this is this is so cool. I love this. Um, you know, this is why I love having people like you come on the podcast because this is something that, you know, I've never thought of, I've never done myself. And hopefully people are paying attention out there who are listening and can start thinking about how can you apply this into your niche? You know, is, is there some way that you can take what Ryan is saying here and apply that and and reach out to, you know, people in your industry and getting in front of their audiences? I love this one to many concept that you have because when uh, uh, I'm asked, how do you get traffic to the course? People always give you the basic answers. You got a blog, you got to start a podcast, but no one ever really talks about that. Why don't you try to get in front of um, like-minded individuals or people yeah. who are in your industry and get in front of their audiences and, and provide training? As I mentioned earlier, these relationships that I've built on the podcast with other course creators who are doing exactly what I'm teaching, I, I don't see it as competition. I get to go in his group and I get to do a training on something I'm a specialist at. And now if he's got, like you said, 7,000, 10,000 people in the group, I'm reaching people who hadn't heard about me before. And then we share and we collaborate and we, we do the same thing in my group. So um, yeah. I really love that. Yeah, I want to add to that as well is that 
sometimes you got to think outside the box too and say who would be a complementary group is there an organization that i could get in front of is there a, a group that would feed into mine is there someone else who serves another group that has connections in that and for me like i've, I've literally gone through and i've i found every real estate board in north america there's 1200 and change real estate boards i have all their phone numbers their email addresses their websites all their contact information i'm now working on a list of, of real estate offices that i can go to and literally my next step is going to be hire an inside salesperson to go push this for me i will never run out of people to, to serve and to sell to because there's so many people and so many organizations that i can now get that message out in front of and i can plan and what i want to do with this that i can literally get this in front of so many people and pay someone else to do it for me and it buys back my time. I can hire someone to do that initial reaching out to people, setting up the appointments and doing that for me. And I, I've done the math. There's a 1.5 million real estate agents in North America. There's uh, over 100,000 offices. There's 1,200 boards. So like, th there's not a shortage of people. It's just how do you get in front of them? And that's what you got to figure out. Yeah, I like what you said about thinking outside of the box. E even thinking about my own business, the common people for me as a course coach, course creator coach that that I could reach would be other course creators or maybe digital marketers. And yep. so we tend we tend to stay in that alley and we don't think outside the box like you said, but why don't I go get in front of say uh, a group of fitness professionals and yep. I could go teach how you can turn your knowledge of coaching people in fitness and turn that into an online course. So it it, it gives you an idea to spread your audience more and reach more people. Yeah, exactly. Um, how are you handling these training sessions? So let's say that you reach out to someone, they have 1200 people in their audience and, and you know, maybe 500 people show up. Uh, how are you delivering that? Is that through software like Zoom or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I use Zoom. So depending on if they want it on their account or mine, I'm happy to do either. Uh, sometimes they control it, so it's their own link, and they use the same thing. So they they have a session on an ongoing basis, and they want to use that. I'll use my own. Uh, generally speaking, from a numbers perspective, I find I get about one third of the people who register will actually show up. And depending if there's a replay, so I don't like letting people know there's going to be a replay because then they tend not to show up. So I find if you push it and say there's no replay or you don't tell them there's going to be a replay, you'll get more people to show up. Um, yeah, and then within that, like the, the obviously the office has 1,200 people. Not all of them are interested in farming. So I, I did one and we had 50 people show up to that session and then another 70 or 80 people watched it later on. I did a session for uh, my friend Addo, the, the tech trainer, and we had 200 and change. I've had I've done uh, digital conferences and I've had three or 400 people show up. So yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And th did I hear you correctly say that um, on your website, you have these these trainings, what's going to be in the training, uh, frequently asked questions built out on the website. So when you reach out to someone and say, uh, hey, I want to do training for you. These are the three uh, different types of trainings I have. Yep. That person can go look at that and, and have an idea of what you're going to talk about. Yeah, exactly. So I've got a, on the landing page, there's a, a video and she says, hey, Ryan here, this is what I'm about. Because they're at this point, I'm just basically cold reaching out to them and they don't know much about me. And then I'll say, Hey, there's three courses below. Here's the options that I have. There's a session on Facebook groups. There's a session on strategies and there's a session on myths. If you want to check out those and they can click on that and they can find out more information and the details. And then it says, here's the details of what they're going to get. So that's not on my public page. I keep that as a private page that I send to the offices and the boards. So if you're scrolling around my website, you won't find it that way. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've seen I've seen speakers do something similar. So if you're going to go speak on at a conference, uh, having some trainings up on the landing page, I think that's brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, I think this is a uh, uh, really cool what you've done here, and it seems like you really thought this uh, strategy out, and you are doing a great job 
implementing this. Are there any other methods of marketing or traffic that you are using or that you see working really well right now? I've tried dabbling in some affiliate stuff and it was it's a little trickier to do and they don't have the same passion as I do. So I've had some agents who've had some groups that have done that. What I'm trying to do next is really, I've kind of got my, my year plan that I'm working on. Uh, so right now I'm doing th- the training sessions. That's my main lead generator. Now I'm working on my email and getting better at the email conversion and getting more deals from that. So I'm setting up better funnels and follow-up plans through that and try to get more people. And then the next thing I'm going to be launching is a challenge method. So I want to be doing a challenge method. So I want to focus on that. So I'm taking some training right now on how to do like a five-day challenge, get people in for a free challenge, and then get them into the pipeline that way. And then the last piece is I want to do paid ads. So I haven't done anything with paid ads for a number of reasons. One, I haven't spent the money because I want to make sure all my systems and things are in place before I go spend a bunch of money. So I want to make sure the funnels are in place before I do that. And then I'm kind of taking money off of each deal that I'm doing and putting it away so I have some a budget to do that. And then once I have that, then I can scale up once I have everything kind of tweaked enough that I'll be able to dump the money back in and, and spend it on online ads. Yeah, that, that's very smart. This is a big mistake I see a lot of people make is they go and they try to run ads to an offer that hasn't been proven, doesn't convert, and then they run the ads and they you don't really know what's working and not working. Is it the ad? Is it the landing page? Is it the messaging? Um, so I think you're going about it the right way. You know, fine-tune your offer, fine-tune your messaging, and and get a good converting offer. And then once you know that's solid, then you just run ads and that just adds fuel to the fire. And one of the things I'm going to do then too is back that up with, because I'm going to be going after different geographic areas with my the boards and the offices. And then I want to either trail behind or ahead of those things with some online ads. So if I'm going to be calling in that area and be speaking in those boards and those offices, I'm going to do some preliminary visual ads. They can see what it's about and then some offers after. So they'll know who I am. They've heard about me. They've seen my stuff maybe at their board or their office. And then they see my ads online to kind of tie in and, and really solidify what I'm doing. Cool. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you've really thought this out and you've got a great strategy and you're doing a lot of different things and and seeing some major success with that. I'm thinking about the person who's listening right now, who's like maybe a little earlier in their journey and they just have, you know, maybe their one course or they're building their audience and and they don't have all these different methods set up like you have. Uh, What would be your, your main piece of advice that you could give someone who's kind of starting out and, and would like to get to the point that you're at, but you know, you don't want to overwhelm them and tell them to do, you know, a book and a podcast and all these things. What, what is something that you could tell them that, that could help them out? First is you need to survey an audience. So find an audience that you're going to serve and then survey them to find out what's important to them before you go create a bunch of stuff. Like we talked about earlier, don't create something and spend all this time and resources creating something that you don't even know people want. So doing that survey is important. And then next step would be, don't be afraid to get something out there if it's not perfect. And it took me a long time, a lot of energy to get over that and Mm -hmm. just create something, get it out there, test it, and then scale up. But I think the important is while you're doing that is to build an audience as well. And don't try selling them stuff right up front. A lot of people try to sell something right away. There's going to be a delay of time where you're trying to get those ducks in a row and build that together. Build an audience and give value and grow that audience and don't worry about selling them stuff right up front. So just build an audience so that you build that trust. People know who you are. And then when you come up with a product and you finalize it and you polish it, then you're able to sell to them. And then there's already built in trust and they'll want to buy it from you. That's absolutely brilliant. I encourage everyone right now 
to uh, rewind this podcast about five minutes and listen to that over and over and over again. Because um, again, I, I can say it because I, I again, I made that mistake. I, I went out, I made the product first, didn't build an audience, didn't survey anyone. I tell the story where I created a Photoshop course. Uh, the course is 12 hours long. It's got hundreds of resources and downloadables. Never once talked to anyone about why <laughs> they would want to learn Photoshop, what they want to learn about. Yeah. Um, spent a good portion of the year working on this had my wife stressed out, my kids stressed out. <laughs> and uh, today that course has brought less than like 3% of all my total revenue. And it, it's sad because I think it's a great course. But had I followed that process that you're talking about, finding your audience, talking to them, having conversations, surveying them, building that audience up, and then launching that product, it would have been a much more success. So rewind this podcast and go listen to what Ryan just said. Uh, it's absolutely brilliant. So um, just thinking about your business going forward, I know you have a lot of uh, uh, pans on the stove right now. What would you like to see happening for your business in the next two to five years if, if everything just went as smoothly as you'd like for it to go? So it's funny you mentioned this. I just had a conversation last night with a friend of mine. I, I consider myself a very hardworking, lazy person. So I always try to work smarter, not harder. So everything I'm trying to build is so that I can do less work, even though I stack on more stuff. It's then I got to figure out how I can do less. So my goal down the road is I want to travel more. And that's the whole reason I've moved and shifted into doing courses and training so that I have the freedom and the ability to, to be location independent and not be stuck in one place. And the irony is I'm teaching other agents to be location dependent based on their <laughs> farm. But for my own sake, I want to be able to move around. So for me, it's I want to get to the point that I can have it on autopilot, do the things that I enjoy doing, and then grow it when I want or where I want or how I want to do it and just keep funneling it and feeding itself. I'm not one that's driven by money. I'm more driven by freedom and time and the ability to do what I want to do. So I'm trying to build this business to allow me to do that and not be a slave to the business. So I'm trying to grow it, but automate it enough that I can still enjoy life and enjoy things outside of doing this. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, just thinking about your your business, you know, having the ability to travel seems like it would actually grow your business more because if you could go into an area and teach these skills locally, you know, around that area, get more people involved and then move and go to a different area, it sounds like that would actually be beneficial to your business because then you could actually teach people on a local level and just help keep growing and growing and growing. And one of my dreams is to, retire in the Caribbean or semi-retire in the Caribbean. And I wanted my, one of my plans is to do like workshops down there and bring people down there. So it's like, Hey, come down for a week and we'll do these mastermind sessions and trainings and things like that. So they come to me and that's really what I'm the direction I'd like to head in. Well, I am not in the real estate niche, but if you need a guest speaker, you just call me up and I'll meet you down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool, Ryan. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, I think this has been enlightening. I think you have dropped some really uh, gold nuggets on people. I hope that they take heed of all the advice you have given today. And if people want to find out more about you and your business, where can they do that online? Yeah, they can check out the website. It's launcherfarm.com. And then I've got my show. You can find it in YouTube. Uh, you can find it in Facebook, Launcher Farm. Just type in Launcher Farm uh, or YouTube slash Launcher Farm, uh, Facebook slash Launcher Farm. And you can kind of see the videos, the shows, what I've done and kind of how I do my interviews and get more ideas on what the course and programs are about. Perfect. Ryan, thank you so much for giving your time today, your knowledge, your expertise. And uh, yeah, I just look forward to uh, seeing you down in the Caribbean in a couple of years. Awesome. Thank you. Looking forward to it too. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ryan. You can find out more about him and his business by visiting launcherfarm.com.
or you can get the show notes of this episode along with links and resources by visiting onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash 45. I look forward to seeing you all next week for a brand new episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Online Course Igniter podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss an episode. If you would like to learn more marketing strategies and how to sell your online course, then also check out our free community where we share tips, tricks, and tutorials at onlinecourseigniter.com forward slash community.